Hi, I'm Nancy Oregon with the Oregon Farms in Thorndale, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. As always, we thank you for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cotton harvest is winding down here in Texas. Of course, we try to keep you updated each week during the growing season with those weekly crop progress and condition reports. Well, the final one for the year came out this week. and We'll take a look at the harvest numbers as well as the cotton and wheat condition ratings. We'll have that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Thousands of visitors came to Amarillo for the annual Farm and Ranch Show this week. Among them, Texas Ag Commissioner Sid Miller. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, you'll get to hear what the commissioner had to say. The Texas drought is finally receding in some regions of the state thanks to November precipitation, but the La Nina weather pattern is still around for December. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have the forecast for the month of December from the National Weather Service on Texas Ag Today. Now is a great time to venture out to find your live Texas Christmas tree. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The final Texas Crop Progress and Condition Report for 2022 was released on Monday, and it shows the cotton harvest pace here in Texas now just over three-quarters done. USDA's Brad Rippey takes a look at the Texas harvest numbers, along with a few other states that are still wrapping up their harvests. Cotton is one of the last crops to typically come out. Coming in this week at 84% harvested nationally on November 27th. That is ahead of the five-year average, which is just 79%. Arizona has the highest percentage of acreage still left to harvest. 68% of Arizona's cotton harvested on the 27th of November. That is six percentage points behind the five-year average of 74%. And I will point out that our number one production state, drought-ravaged Texas, 77% of the cotton harvested on the 27th of November. That is ahead of the five-year average of 72%. And, of course, we get the crop condition ratings every week. The final crop condition rating on the Texas cotton crop for the cotton that's still left in the field, boy, it looks awful. Only 2% of that crop rated excellent, 10% rated good, 18% fair, and 
70, yes, 70% of the cotton left in the field rated poor to very poor. We also have wheat ratings on the new wheat crop, and this rain that we've gotten across much of Texas over the last couple of weeks has really helped our wheat condition ratings. The Texas wheat crop now rated 21%, good to excellent, 50% fair, and only 29% very poor. Now, normally, 29% of your crop rated poor would not be good news, but considering the fact that we've had one of the worst wheat crops in the nation all year long, that is a great improvement, and we can thank the recent rains over much of Texas for that. The Department of Transportation's Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration has denied the application from a collection of farm organizations to grant an exemption from hours of service rules. The request was made on behalf of drivers transporting live animals. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association, the Livestock Marketing Association, the American Farm Bureau Federation, the American Beekeeping Federation, and the American Honey Producers Association all joined together to submit the exemption application. The farm groups say hours of service regulations place the well-being of livestock at risk during transport and cause a burden for livestock haulers. However, the agency denied the exemption, saying livestock haulers have been able to operate within the confines of hours of service regulations for over 80 years. Thousands of visitors were in Amarillo this week for the annual Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show. James Hunt caught up with Texas Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller at the show. At the Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show this week, I had a chance to talk with Texas Ag Commissioner Sid Miller about his agenda as he heads into his third term in office. Turns out one top priority for him involves China. We're working real hard as an agency and and me individually to get the state legislature and Congress to pass laws prohibiting China from buying our farmland. That's just really stupid that we allow that to happen. They buy typically next to a military installation. They want to put up solar farms or windmills. So not only does it give them access to our food source, which is not wise, but to our electric grid and to our military secrets. They're well known for espionage and stealing trade secrets. So we just got to put an end to that. We've let them go too far. Are we having much of that happen in our state? Well, yeah, we, there was uh, one purchase of 140,000 acres near Del Rio next to Laughlin Air Force Base. They were going to put up a wind farm, and the legislature last year got busy and stopped that. But now, last I heard, they're putting up a solar farm instead, so they'll still have access to our electric grid, our food sources, right there by a military base like they always do. And they just bought another track land up in uh, North Dakota and doing the same thing. There is a definite pattern to it. Along with visiting with farmers and ranchers about things like China, transportation issues, and how things are going with crops and livestock, Miller was also taking in all the products on display at the show. This is where you can come look at uh, Agriculture 3.0. This is all the new technology, all the new gadgets and, and gizmos that that help make life easier on the farm. Anything you're looking for for your operation? You know, I'll know it when I see it. (laughs) The commissioner remains personally involved in agriculture with his ranching and farming operation in the Stephenville area. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas drought is finally easing up in some parts of the state. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a National Weather Service meteorologist for an update. My guest from Fort Worth is meteorologist in charge at the National Weather Service, Tom Bradshaw. And 
Tom, uh, the drought is receding in some regions, thanks in large part to uh, rainfall in uh, various regions in November. Well, it's good to be with you again, Tom. And yeah, we did see some beneficial rains across a good part of the state during November. We were expecting another relatively dry month during the month of November. And in actuality, we wound up with several inches of rainfall across a a good part of uh, northeast, central, and, and southeast Texas during the month. And that's actually helped the drought monitor. We're seeing a lot of improvement across the northeastern counties and the far east and the and the deep south and the far west uh, that are seeing definite improvement. There's still a lot of uh, pockets of uh, dark red, which indicate you know moderate to severe drought across the central parts of Texas as well as the Panhandle regions. However, in those regions that did receive rainfall, uh, that certainly helped winter uh, crops that have been planted and. Uh, also, uh, grazing conditions. Phil, what is December looking like now? Long term, we're still in a La Nina pattern. So that has been the pattern that we've been in for the last uh, probably a good 18 months now, and it's going to continue through the winter months. And so that still bespeaks the potential for drier than normal conditions and somewhat milder than normal conditions across the Lone Star State during December. So we'll we'll probably see some beneficial rains in some parts of the state. During the month of November, we actually saw quite a bit of snow out in the far western counties and up in the panhandle as well. And as once we get into December, certainly any part of uh, north Texas and west Texas is fair game for winter precipitation as we uh, get deeper into the month of December. That is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw in Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Now is the time to pick up a live Texas Christmas tree. Gary Joyner has more. A live Christmas tree is a holiday centerpiece for many Texas families. There's likely a Christmas tree farm near you. According to the Texas Christmas Tree Growers Association, there are 175 Christmas tree farms in Texas, producing some 200,000 trees annually on about 2,500 acres statewide. Growers are expecting another good year for live tree sales. The price for a tree could be a bit higher this year. Fertilizer costs doubled, and crop protection chemicals were up at least 15%. And because of drought, irrigation expenses were higher. The most widely grown live Christmas tree species in Texas are the Virginia pine, Leyland cypress, Afghan pine, and Arizona cypress. Officials say the best-selling and most popular live Christmas tree species is the Virginia pine because it grows well throughout the state. It's best to shop early for your live tree. Those waiting until the second or third week in December may encounter a limited selection of sizes on some farms. Proper water and maintenance will ensure the tree is enjoyed through Christmas. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Pheasant hunting season starts in Texas this weekend. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have this season's forecast coming up on Texas Ag Today. We hear about ACL tears all the time in human athletes, but did you know you can have the same type of injury in a dog? Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. 
For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We hear about ACL tears all the time in athletes, but in dogs, it's called a cranial cruciate ligament injury. Dr. Bob Judd has more. If you have large breed dogs, it is likely at some point one of them has had or will develop a problem with their stifles or knees. Large breed dogs are susceptible to rupturing the cranial cruciate ligament in their knees, and they can do this acutely or gradually on a chronic basis. Acute ruptures occur when chasing a ball or a frisbee and making quick stops, starts, and turns. Chronic ruptures usually occur in older, overweight dogs, and the cruciate ligaments simply weaken with age and stress and eventually just give away. With either syndrome, lameness occurs, but the lameness is usually more severe with acute rupture of the ligament. Many of these cases involve damage to the meniscus in the joint as well, which is a cartilaginous structure that serves as padding in the joint, and a meniscal tear can also lead to lameness. The recommended treatment for a ruptured cranial cruciate ligament is surgery, but surgery is fairly expensive. The alternative is conservative treatment, which includes rest, pain medication, physical therapy, joint supplements, and stifle injections or a leg brace. A recent study performed in North Carolina looked at the survival times of dogs that had surgery and those managed conservatively. The study found that dogs treated with surgery had a longer life expectancy than those treated without surgery. Surgery also allows treatment of the damaged meniscus. So if you have a dog that ruptures a cruciate ligament, choose surgery as the treatment option if at all possible. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Pheasant season starts in Texas this weekend. Jessica Domel has this season's forecast in today's wildlife report. Pheasant hunting season in the Texas Panhandle officially opens Saturday. John McLaughlin, Upland Game Bird Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with this year's forecast for hunters. West Texas has not been immune to the ongoing drought conditions, which we've seen across the state for some time, despite some recent relief and rainfall for much of the state that really didn't help us out during the nesting season early this year or really in the past few years. What we've seen is generally pretty poor habitat conditions in the high plains and, and really just limited grass growth. We've seen a decline in those erosion grassland protection programs in the farm mill. And then just, of course, you know, changing commodity prices have changed what crops have been planted over the last few years. So unfortunately, it's going to be, you know, rather tough sledding for hunters this year, especially pheasant hunters. According to TPWD's 2021 Pheasant Roadside Survey, biologists saw around two pheasants per route. That number was lower this year. We saw about half a bird per route. Again, all within the margin of error. The reality is, and walking around, looking at the landscape, looking at farmland and grassland, the quality is definitely not as good. So it's really the continuation. And yeah, unfortunately, about half bird per route that we saw this year is about 90% lower than our 15-year mean. He said with that in mind, the northern panhandle is probably going to have the best prospects for hunters this year. But they are probably walking a few extra miles to get into birds and certainly they're not going to be like conditions we saw back in 15, 16 for folks. 
pheasant hunting season for 37 counties in the Texas Panhandle starts Saturday and runs through January 1st of 2023. We'll have more on this on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Live cattle, corn, and wheat all had a lower trading day on Thursday, but feeder cattle and cotton closed higher. We'll take a look at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-size hail and baseball-size hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex had a mixed close in Thursday's trade. Live cattle closed lower while feeder cattle were higher. December live cattle down 2 cents, 153.05. February down 25 at 155.42. April live cattle down 2 cents, 159.25. Feeder cattle finishing higher. January feeders up 60 cents, 181.07. March feeders up 85 at 184.30, while April was up a dollar, 187.80. Now looking at the cash trade, fed cattle have sold so far here in the south this week at 155. That is steady with last week's trade. Up north in Nebraska, they sold live sales as high as 157. Dress sales at 244 to 245 that is steady with last week also boxed beef prices higher thursday choice up 23 cents 25511 select up a dollar 97 22698 now let's check the auction barns we're walking the pens with larry marble Gary Butler sells every Monday in Nixon, and I believe he just has two more sales before Christmas. Gary, how was this last one? Well, we wind up with eight ninety one, Larry, one hundred six cows and twelve bulls. Calf market continues to be strong. If you got some to sell, we got two more sales left this year. You sure need to get them in here. Two and three weight steers, a dollar forty five to two thirty five. Heifers, a dollar four to a dollar fifty eight. Three and four weight steers, a dollar seventy two to two fifty five. Heifers, a dollar thirty eight to dollar ninety five. Four and five weight steers, dollar sixty four to two forty. Heifers, a dollar forty three to two forty one. Five and six weight steers, a dollar forty eight to two o three. Heifers, a dollar twenty eight to two o five. Six and seven weight steers, bull yearlings, dollar forty to dollar eighty. Heifers, a dollar twenty seven to dollar eighty five. And seven eight weight steers and bull yearlings, dollar thirty two to dollar fifty one. And the heifers, a dollar twenty seven to a dollar forty. Like I said, the market is this stout. 
What do you anticipate for next Monday, Gary? The weather permits, I imagine we'll have more cattle than, than 800. I imagine we'll have that 1,000 to 1,200. We also got 81 on, on cows this week, 96 on bulls. Uh, we didn't have any stalker cows, palpated cows, and we had one pair bring 750 and one bring 1,300, Larry. Well, you had a good sale. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next Monday's sale. You can catch us 830-582-1561 or 62. You can catch me on my mobile. 830-857-4330 and we have two more sales uh, of the year Larry right. uh, we will be closed the 12th y'all get I mean in. last sale will be the 12th y'all get them in to Gary Butler there at Nixon Gary thank you thank you bye neighbor that's our livestock auction market report for today we'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures trade now. We're lean hogs. Finished higher. December contract up 22 cents, 83.12. February hogs up 3.85 at 89.20. Class 3 milk was higher. Nearby December up 40 cents at 20, 23, 100 weight, while January milk was up 67 at 20.09, 100. The cotton market had some good gains to start the trading session Thursday, but we backed that off. We did close slightly higher, but not nearly the gains we saw earlier in the trading session. Of course, Thursday morning, they released the weekly export sales report. It did not look good. Combined crop year sales, barely totaling 27,000 bales. So that weighed on the market. We ended up closing with the nearby March up 24 points, 84.85. May cotton up 12 at 84.15. December 23 cotton up 15 points at 80.25 cents. Same story in the grain markets. Poor export sales report for corn, that weighed heavily on the nearby contracts, and poor demand for wheat, weighing on the market as well. December corn down 12 cents, 6.50 a bushel. March corn down 6.5 at 6.60.5. New crop September down 3.25, 6.15 a bushel. Hard and soft wheat, both ending in the red on Thursday. December Kansas City wheat down 10 and a quarter, 903 a bushel. December Chicago wheat down 12 and three quarters at 758 and three quarters. In the energy markets, January natural gas down 8 cents at 684. January crude oil up 84 cents, 81.39 a barrel. The financial markets mixed Thursday afternoon. The Dow down 190 points at 34,399. The Nasdaq was up 19, 11,487, while the S&P was down 2 at 4,078. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.